Good morning, everybody. Uh, Scotty's not going to be uh, jamming for us right off the bat this morning, so I'm just going to get it started. Um, but uh, very thankful to be here. Uh, very thankful to see each and every one of you out um, to come together to worship Jesus uh, as one body. It's always a great opportunity and something we should never get tired of uh, or take for granted. Um, but uh, this morning, if you don't mind, just turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. Uh, 19 through 31 and uh, I think sometimes it's easy for us to get in a situation or see other people and think you know these people they don't have anything you know this person has nothing worldly or these people are in jail or these people you know are in a poor country and we could think they need Jesus more uh, than we do uh, or than other people do or um or then you see somebody who seems to have it all together. Um, they've got the big house, they got the nice car, they got the you know the perfect family. Um, the the kids have all you know gone to college. The person plays golf on the weekends. They always got great stories to tell. You know they seem very happy uh, with their lives. So you may look at them and see, uh, come to the conclusion you know maybe they don't need Jesus as bad or they don't need religion. You know they seem to be okay without Jesus. Uh, but the truth is that we all need Jesus the same. Um, the Bible says none are righteous, not even one. Um, so we all must repent and turn to faith in Jesus and what he's done for us and who he is. And only that saves. And that's everybody, no matter your worldly situation. And I believe uh, this passage here really speaks to that very well. Um, and it's, it's the, uh, the rich man and Lazarus. And, um, and it's Jesus teaching the Pharisees here. And it's not Lazarus, the one that Jesus rose from the dead. This is a separate Lazarus that it's speaking about here. But it says, There was a certain man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores, who was laid at his gate. And in those days, uh, and, and you see, it's important to note too, that it's not the rich man, the fact that he's rich, uh, that he goes to hell. And it's not the reason that the poor man, that he's poor, that he goes to heaven. Uh, the situation is about their heart and where it is with God. That's the difference that we see here. Um, and also in those times, we see Lazarus laying there sick. Um, he has nothing that the world could offer him. And the Pharisees in those times would have walked by and they would have seen this man and they would have said, this guy is disgusting. Like this guy is sick. Stay away from him. We want nothing to do with him. And they would even go as far to say that God has punished this man for his sins. And nothing could be more uh, further than the truth uh, because they need God just as much as he needs God. And we should also never let, when we look at others, we can see their earthly circumstances and that can sometimes paint a picture of where they stand with the Lord. We should also let that be a lesson that we should never do that um, because no matter, someone can you know, smell horrible, someone cannot have a, a, a job, they could be broke, um, 
you know, in all these earthly circumstances, sometimes we factor them in to where people are with the Lord or how much they need Jesus, and none of that matters. Um, and we see that here because Lazarus will be the one in heaven and the rich man will be the one in hell. He says, desert, desert, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. That's Lazarus laying there. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And Abraham's bosom, that's a, um, that's a Hebrew way of explaining heaven. That's what Abraham's bosom is here, and that's where we see Lazarus at. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Um, so this also shuts down the prosperity gospel um, completely. We see a guy here who has absolutely nothing that this world can offer him. He has no money. He has no health. He has absolutely nothing that people can get promised by faith in Jesus. He has none of that. And we see him in heaven, and we see the one who has everything the world can offer. He's got money. He's got clothes. He's got food. He's got, I'm sure he has a very nice house. He's got a gate around his house that Lazarus has been thrown down at. And we see he is the one in hell. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So we also see here there's a difference, and Paul speaks about this, between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. Uh, worldly sorrow is, oh no, I've done you know, something wrong, and someone's going to find out about it, and it's going to affect my life here on this earth. Or um, as long as I do this and no one finds out about it, you know, then what's the harm? There's no real big harm here because no one's going to find out about it. What's the big deal? That's worldly sorrow towards something you've done wrong. Uh, you only think about how it affects you. Um, godly sorrow is a, a vertical sorrow. It's a, it's a sorry to God that I have sinned against you. You know, you're the one that's watching me. Um, I, this is affecting my walk with you, my relationship with you. That's, that's godly sorrow towards sin. It, it's towards him. And Paul says godly sorrow leads to repentance. Um, and worldly sorrow just leads to, oh, no, look at the circumstances I have found myself in. Um, but Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received the, your good things and like, likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us, you there is a great or is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. So we also see there is no uh, purgatory. There is no, you know, one day we're going to, someone's going to, you know, you're going to be in heaven or you're going to be in hell. And the only way you could be in heaven is if the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been applied to your life is the only way because none of us are righteous. And if not, you'll be standing in your own righteousness and you'll be in hell and there will be no way to change that. There's a great gulf and there's no in between, no, no purgatory, no, none of the things that you'll hear in other, uh, in types of religion. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. This is the rich man speaking. I have five brothers that 
he may testify to them, speaking to Lazarus, testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. So we see the rich man here, he, he's a religious man, so he recognizes who Abraham is, uh, and he also recognizes that it take, they, he needs to repent, that they need to repent. So he notices both situations, and even the flames of hell, this man is not willing to repent. Um, we see he does not desire God, and it's unfortunate but we see people every day in our lives, they just do not want God. They don't want the things of God. They don't want the things God has told them. And this is where they end up. Um, but he said to him, and, he, and also you can see that he's, he's also trying to tell God, this is how you should do things. If you'll do this, then they'll repent and go. And, uh, and he says, but he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets... Neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. So he's saying what God has spoken through his people, what God has spoken through his word is enough. It's all they need. You don't need like a crazy miracle of someone hopping up from the dead all of a sudden. And you don't know any of these things that people will claim that they have, have seen or that they can do for you to believe or anything. You just need God's words that's been spoken through Moses and the prophets. It's all, it's all we need to be saved. It's all we need to, to hear. So we should also be, um, that should also give us confidence, you know, to when we go out into the world and all these lost souls we come in contact with, that when we share the gospel, when we share God's words with people, that's enough um, to, to save their soul. And, um, and, and two, we, we think, how do I share it? Or did I share it good enough? Did I share it perfectly enough for this person to hear it and comprehend and be saved? But uh, Charles Spurgeon, um, it's, it's not actually a quote that I could find, but in one of his sermons he says, I, I could get up and I could speak as elegantly as possible. I could preach the best sermon from the front uh, of the book to the back of the Bible. I could, um, and, and say it as uh, honestly as I possibly can. And he says, but at the end of the day, and I could do it to someone for their, their whole life, and it would never be enough to save them. But if God whispers one syllable, it's finished. They're saved. Um, and, and that just goes to speak to it's not about us and how we, we share it perfectly, but it's that it's God's word and that God says it so it's true. Um, and, if, and if God speaks to a person's heart, it's it. That's what it takes, and these are his words, and that's what will happen. Um, and then also just one other, uh, just a quote by Spurgeon on repentance. He says, repentance grows as faith grows. Do not make any mistake about it. Repentance is not a thing of days and weeks, a temporary repentance to be got over a, as fast as possible. No, it is the grace of a lifetime, like faith itself. God's little children repent. And so do the young men and the fathers. Repentance is the inseparable companion of faith. Um, and just, uh, and also too, you know, if God can save me, you know, if God can save us, he can save anybody. So let's not ho um, hold back on what he's capable of doing. And let's go out and just tell people about Jesus and let, let him do the work um, that he's very capable of.
Just let us pray. Father, thank you for another wonderful opportunity to come together to praise you uh, in truth and in spirit. Um, we just ask that no matter what happens here today, that you get the glory and that um, your word goes out and it changes our hearts, changes our lives like only you're capable of. Um, just be with us and um, just guide us to be your lot and uh, just let us enjoy each other and uh, in your presence. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.